welcome everyone to Art Eater Impromptu Podcast number seven. Um, yeah, our, uh, we, we just decided, um, so last week we talked about uh, Bayonetta. Um, I, I think in the intro we said we were going to talk about Bayonetta and Vanquish, uh, which we did. Uh, we recorded everything in one session, uh, but we've decided to um, uh, cut it cut it in half, cut them into two separate pieces. Um, right, so, so welcome to, uh, yeah, podcast number seven. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll, we will be discussing... Uh, Vanquish, um, and this podcast was was not brought to you by uh, KFC, Colonel's Original Recipe Chicken, uh, delicious, delicious. Uh, just Secret recipe got... is uh, chicken grease salt. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Bender. Yeah, uh, good stuff. Yeah, you know, I and, uh, I always. I, I always theorized that um, no, not not theorized. It, 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 what okay, the so white the, pepper? The, yes, the white pepper. Yeah, you read my mind. Um, it always reminded me of Chinese food a little bit. It felt like really familiar, you know. And yeah. then I remember somebody released um, a supposed list of the the, the secret mixture of. Spices, herbs and spices, and white pepper was one of them. And I think well, white pepper is not a common ingredient in Western cooking. We've never seen Colonel Harlan Sanders without his facial hair, so who knows if he's just a old, wise Chinese man? He could be. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. He does. No one, no one would know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, he does look a, like an old Chinese man. <laughs> A KFC fried chicken leg is like 70 calories, so you can like eat two of those instead of a soda or like instead of a, two eggs. They're like as much what? calories as a fried egg. So really? just eat fried chicken. It's very healthy. Yeah. Are you sure it's only 70? I don't know. Maybe that's what I looked up, but maybe they were like, they had a very small piece. Who knows? But it tastes okay. good. And the most important part of a diet is feeling full. So when you eat that bucket of chicken, you're not going to eat anything else. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, I wonder if it also is, you know, remember we were talking about way back about brands reinventing themselves in China. And I feel like yeah. uh, KFC was one of their earlier progenitors of really entering China and just like exploding and really uh, learning from their mistakes in terms of things that didn't work in America or in Europe. And uh, it's, you know, it's super popular there now, but part of it had to do with them being able to, to enter and kind of reinvent a lot of the things that they were doing with the products. Yeah. Yeah. Fried chicken is great with white rice. That's, you know, soft. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A less successful example is Pepsi tried to enter China before Coke and tried to take red from them. And, Coke came in and just did it anyway, and it didn't work. But yeah. Yep. That's, That's why you got to be real. You got to keep it real, man. Yeah. It's like making a Sonic plumbing game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, well, okay. Yes. So this this episode was not brought to you by KFC, but if if anyone from KFC is listening, it'd be really cool if like uh, yeah. Could get some some free chicken or something. You're already greasing our palms. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
Okay. Um, yeah. Please enjoy this uh, uh, podcast on Vanquish, which is start start right now. So um, part of the package uh, of uh, re, um, re-released games that came out last week, it was a Bayonetta and, and Vanquish. Uh, so Vanquish came out in... Uh, when when did Vanquish come out? Uh, it was 2010. 17, or, or yeah, 10, 10. It yeah, got 2010. on the 17th, yeah. Yeah. So uh, 2010, you, a year after Bayonetta, right? Um, I think that was the next big title from from Platinum. Uh, I, I believe it was... Uh, was it Shinji Mikami that was the director? Yeah. It was... It was yeah, Mikami. designer Shinji Mikami. Yeah. And I right. believe you can see this referenced in Bayonetta's opening, but I believe they had individual dev teams that were separate. Uh, I forget the name of it, but like opening a Bayonetta, they tell you which internal Platinum team works on it, and I think Vanquish does the same thing. Okay, so um, for our listeners out there, so uh, Shinji Mikami, of, of course, is uh, uh, closely associated with the uh, Resident Evil uh, series. Um, I, I don't think he didn't. I don't believe he directed the first one, um, but he uh, he directed part four. Oh no no no. Okay, he did direct the first Resident Evil. That's right. So he helped establish the modern horror uh, game genre, uh, action horror game genre. Um, and then he did. Uh, so that was in '96. Resident Evil is 1996. Uh, and then he did the first Dino Crisis in 1999. And then he returned to direct Resident Evil. He directed the remake in 2002, the one with the really uh, uh, beautiful pre-rendered backgrounds. And then he did Resident Evil 4 in 2005, which uh, was an incredibly influential game. Um, that, that was the game that took the series more in an action direction. Um, and then it, it also... Uh, established a lot of conventions for um, 3D action games that are that are still common today. Um, I think Cliffy B, when he when he talked about directing Gears of War, he said uh, Resident Evil 4 was one of the, the biggest inspirations just for the, the core gameplay. What's really cool about that as well is that, and we'll talk about this a little bit, but the amount of influences that Vanquish takes from Gears of War are also super evident in, in kind of the genesis of what is considered the cover shooting genre. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let let's get into that. Oh, just just uh, one quick note. So right after Resident Evil Four, uh, he directed God Hand, another absolute gem, like a classic. Uh, I, that was his final game at Capcom. Um, uh, really underappreciated for its time. I think a lot of what was awesome about God Hands and what what like the kind of the ethos of how it played definitely made its way into Vanquish. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's why. Um, so you have the background. So Vanquish was his uh, his next title um, at the brand, at the then very new, uh, still exciting today studio, uh, Platinum. Real quick, when we're, we're talking about genres, and while we're still talking, we'll still have Clippy B on the minds. I want to make yeah. a weird connection that I think is definitely there. So. Oh, I'm gonna um, make a weird connection too. Uh, does yours include Bulletstorm? Oh no no. Okay, here's the Ooh. connection I'm gonna make, and then you can make yours. So um, Vanquish uh, falls into a subgenre that I, I enjoy. There's a lot of names by it, but it, I, I enjoy it. It's called Bullet Hell. Uh, there's a couple yeah. uh, names for it. They tended to refer more to arcade flyers like Batsugan yeah. or Ikaruga. But, uh, the, I, but, but ultimately, the, 
the idea of this uh, kind of bullet hell genre is very much an influence. So Gears of War as a cover shooter is more influenced by games like Kill Switch. It's not really about uh, being overwhelmed and, and attacked and having to move and constantly uh, change direction. But uh, the ultimately, like I said, the, the kind of arcade style shooters do that. Vanquish wanted to do that. And the reason I say I wanted to bring up Cliffy B here is what you'll see is that uh, he was so influenced by this genre uh, that you can kind of see him playing with it. But ultimately, it led to, unfortunately, not as successful, but it led to the creation of his game uh, after Gears of War, which was Bulletstorm, which ultimately wasn't good, but it had a lot of things in it, like uh, like Bullet Time. Uh, it played much more with the idea of speed and being attacked with overwhelming amounts of uh, action and enemies, uh, that nowhere was safe. Uh, everything was about uh, speed and movement. Uh, so anyway, uh, I think the the fact that you see those things come up together are not a coincidence. Wow. So was that the game that he made? Uh, Cliffy B made after uh, Gears, after after he left um, Epic. I believe it's still actually was it at Epic? Uh, he definitely made it after like the first two Gears of War. Um, I don't I don't actually know if it was at Epic or not. It may not have been. It definitely didn't do well though. Okay, and, and it was after Vanquish? Uh, I believe it was 2012 or 14 or something. Yeah, no, it was uh, 2011. Okay, okay, so um, let me let me get this timeline straight. So, so Resident Evil 4 is 2005. Uh, God Hand was 2006. Yeah, and I think Gears was also 2006. Oh, really? And then Vanquish wasn't until uh, 2010. Yeah, 2010. Um, so what what was the landscape for shooters like in, in 2010? So we how many Gears of War games had there been uh, before then? Uh, I think two. So, yeah, so uh, Bulletstorm was definitely Epic Games. Uh, I don't... I, I think at least Gears of War 2 had come out at that time. Yeah, Gears of War 2 was 2008. Right, and then um, after Gears, there were all sorts of like uh, uh, 3D cover shooters, right? Like, um, what, what are some notable 3D uh, cover shooters that were somewhat popular? Uh, well, so uh, I mentioned Kill Switch. Uh, Kill Switch is probably just one of the earlier games that is credited with centralizing cover shooting as a mechanic. Gears of War definitely popularized it. And then you have games like uh, Uncharted, which uh, were probably one of the the kind of the ones that really helped it explode in popularity, uh, and then after that it starts it's getting it gets, starts getting insane. There's just tons and tons yeah. of cover shooters. I, um, I believe the genre was uh, perfected by Fifty Cent, Blood on the Sand, right? <laughs> oh yeah, that was the one where it incentivized you not to stay in cover. <laughs> oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was a cover shooter, but like you 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 got bonuses and and. Uh, like buffs and stuff if you like rush people and attack them so like yeah yeah uh so the you, order you could uh, say it, it was like a precursor to vanquish then uh <laughs> yes so actually wait which one came out first uh that uh, i don't actually know let me let me look that up uh, 50 cent blood in the sand came out in 2009 and then i think it wasn't quite as uh <laughs> thoughtful Around that mechanic. So you're saying it essentially directly inspired Vanquish, right? That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> sure. At, when Vanquish came out, like there there were a lot of cover shooters, variations of it, but um, th they all kind of had 
stuck to a same basic formula and control scheme and um, movement scheme, right? Well, they, they were all over the shoulder. Go, go ahead. Yeah, well, so what, what I think is important about Vanquish is, like, it. the reason I brought the, the bullet hell genre is because, like, I feel like Vanquish isn't really a cover shooter because, like, no. you, yeah. you have to move yeah. all the time. Uh, yep. You get bonuses for moving. You actually get debuffs for not moving, and you're, all of the cover is destructible. Um, you're getting, you're always getting fired at from multiple angles. It's not what is uh, pejoratively referred to as a shooting gallery. So I, it, it almost, in my mind, is almost a, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, it's probably a bit more of a reaction to what cover shooting became. Yeah, I think, um, I, I know people hate to throw this word around, but it, it, it subverted the genre expectations. I, I remember trying to play it as a cover shooter initially, right? I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to hide behind, um, you know, this this crate and uh, think about what I'm going to do next. And then, like, you know, the giant walker mecha just shot a missile at me and just blew up my cover. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. it's not that kind of game. Well, because what Vanquish is, it's a mecha game. Like, uh, dashing is... I mean, standard in Armored Core, like in Mecha Anime, the Votoms are known for their rolling wheels and they dash from cover to cover, but they also dash to dodge bullets and then like punch somebody. And uh, right. looking at, at PlayStation 1 3D Votoms games, like they, they're not as fast as Vanquish, but it is about like rolling around, dashing, doing a quick turn, suddenly changing direction to dodge while shooting. Yeah. I was going to say, well, Mikami actually talked about, uh, we talked about earlier before the podcast, like, uh, Cashern, but the he was really into that feeling of speed. I, I think he was, you can even talk, if you can kind of look at God Hand being the pre precursor, which is like, okay, what if you had this feeling of speed and movement uh, and comboing with a brawler, a melee, and then Vanquish, I think, was just like, what if we had weapons in Mecha? Hmm. I would say uh, Vanquish, like... Uh... The way it treats the movement, it actually kind of feels like a like melee combat, but with guns because of how fast you're moving. Like, yeah, I, I I think that was one of the complaints about the game. Um, like was that they were like, oh, the punching's too strong, <laughs> right? But oh, he's he's I... wearing a he's wearing a prototype like exosuit. Yeah, yeah I, and I, um, now if you look at like all of the popular like tournament first-person shooters, like people love the one-hit kill knifing people. Like it feels great to melee someone. Yeah, I, um, I just want to take a moment to um, just give context for anyone that that wasn't aware of the game when it came out. So, so in 2010, um, people didn't reward games for subverting expectations. Like uh, this game was pretty much trashed for not being exactly the same as other cover shooters. Like, um, it, it didn't really get very good reviews. Uh, it, it didn't even have multiplayer, which um, I think it was heavily criticized for. Uh, uh, this Around that time, like, shooters were all about online play, online co-op, versus... Um, I think even even Cliffy B uh, noted he was like, oh man, like this game should have had a versus mode. Uh, I get which yeah, would have yeah. been tricky given the uh, how it modulates time. But he, I, I remember him like going on Twitter or saying in interviews like, hey, like hire me as a consultant. I'll I'll help you guys figure out how to make this work. You know, like yeah. he he was like so into that game. 
Um, so, so we we mentioned uh, Bulletstorm before. That was 2011, the year after uh, Vanquish came out. There's, I feel like there's got to be something related there in terms of his desire to make a game like that. Yeah. So, um, but did did he figure out the 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 versus component? Do you think? I, I didn't play Bulletstorm. Well, Bulletstorm was first person, first of all, because he kind of okay. you know he went back to his Unreal roots. Uh, I honestly didn't play much of the multiplayer of it. Uh, I don't know if he really figured it out. The game didn't didn't do as well as I, everyone had hoped. Although it was a really fun game, I still recommend it to everyone. I, just, I never played the multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the game that that did figure out the how, how to make this work online was uh, um, uh, Warframe. War, War, yeah. Yeah, but but before we get into that, um, let's describe for uh, everyone listening, just in case they haven't played Vanquish, um, maybe could 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 you guys describe the basic gameplay and how how it differentiates itself from um, your typical uh, third-person shooter? Uh, well, one thing I'll I'll start with the kind of setup, and Andy can add in uh, just okay. for everyone's uh, awareness. It takes it's a futuristic game. Uh, you are a, a, a DARPA officer, uh, Sam, I forget his last name. Uh, it actually reminds me a lot of Metal Gear and that uh, Sam kind of has a very similar uh, feel. Uh, and of course, the, the idea of DARPA being included, and I believe you're fighting uh, a Russian splinter cell yeah. that kind of takes over the government. Another thing that's uh, related to kind of Metal Gear in some weird ways is... Uh, he is unapologetically uh, a chain smoker, and smoking is also a gameplay mechanic in this game. Mm. Yeah. But it's effectively, it is a cover-based shooter, but the the, the kind of uh, bullet hell idea is, is that, in general, most cover shooters uh, have what's called the shooting gallery, or, you know, you're, you know, you're basically just behind cover and you're popping up and hitting stuff. That's not how Vanquish plays. Vanquish, uh, generally, you're being attacked uh, from multiple angles, uh, generally, all of the cover is destructible, uh, and your enemies will destroy it quickly. There's usually a large combination of uh, soldiers and mechs that you're fighting. Uh, basically, to, you, just to kind of set it up for everybody, the way the game starts is you're on a marine vessel in space, and you basically like ram and crash into uh, this uh, space station that they've taken control over that has a, basically a, a space-based weapon. And, like, that's literally the beginning is, like, this, like, rushing the beach style thing, but in space. So, and that pretty much doesn't let up from there. There's not a whole lot of quiet reflection in this game. So what yeah. what I remember best about the game is um, it's the intensity of the action and the, the sliding mechanic. Um, you know, just this yes. feeling of, like, rocketing across the stage. Uh, it, it controls more like a racing game than, like, a, you know, a, your, your typical... Uh, shooter. Yes. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mention that. Directly. Sorry, Andy, go ahead. Yeah, it does feel like uh, Mario Kart battle mode when <laughs> people are rocketing at each other and they each have a red shell or a green shell. Um, <laughs> like the, it's about like your angle of approach and looking at your opponent's uh, firing arcs. It's kind of like the thought process of when you see the Hammer Bros in Mario and you know like I can dodge their hammers. I'm just going to dodge their hammers and stomp them. And then in Vanquish, you're like rocket sliding to shoot them or kind of rocket punch them or jump over, fault over them, shoot them in the head, which kind so, of feels like stomping too. 
Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so to to kind of talk about this this mechanic, because I think it's super important, which is so like I said, the uh, the main character is wearing like a uh, an exosuit that's uh, supposed to be prototype, but the important piece we were talking about the sliding. So I think the game actually penalizes you for how much time you're in cover. Uh, so you actually you don't even want to stay behind cover even if it doesn't get destroyed. But the sliding boost is so important. Like it's not that no one had ever done sliding before, but this is the first game where it significantly increased the pace of a shooter. And I feel like what Vanquish does not get credit for, I think it really kicked us into the the place we are now with shooters. I think that ultimately Titanfall and now Apex Legends. Uh, mm. The advanced warfare games. So you, so mainstream gaming picked up this idea, and it is actually a tenant of most modern shooters today. The the idea of constantly being on the move, the this sliding mechanic, the the general I- idea that um, you're you're kind of moving uh, in and out of cover, and you're using uh, your speed in order to win fights. I, I think up until this point, like this was shooters used to just be, you know, get the, get the center of the screen over this thing and then shoot at it. They hadn't, no one had really kind of done the kind of mechanics we're talking about at this point. A few years before Vanquish, there was Armored Core 4. And before there were already mecha games with boosting and flying, but Armored Core 4 was the one where you're moving at 700 like miles per hour or you're going to get shot down and mm. you would be like mega rocket boosting through a battery of fire to land on the enemy battleship and then start killing them from their surface i i think that's i feel like that must have influenced the vanquish team because that was like the fastest you know bipedal character i'd seen I remember when it came out, yeah, the, the, the speed was so so overwhelming based on what normal shooters were like at that time. Yeah. Uh, and to give everyone an idea, because uh, I think Titanfall was generally well-recognized for having, like, really fast, smooth movement of gameplay. Titanfall didn't come out until 2014, so th- this game is at least four years before uh, even even this a slight style of mechanic uh, would be popularized, but I, I think yeah. you're you're definitely right. The 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 mecha influence in the idea of speed and the way that you fight yeah. is certainly there. But um, I guess the key difference is in Armored Core, you're you have a shield, you're really durable, and there's very little cover, so it turns into kind of like like a Dragon Ball like key battle. While in Vanquish, you're fighting enemies that you can one shot most of them or find the weak point like where the pilot is in the mecha and blow them away. Um, so Vanquish was more more, more things exploding while you're also dashing past them. And it felt it felt really good because uh, you had a dashing mechanic, but and I forget exactly how the slowdown worked, but there was a, a pseudo bullet time approach. But yeah. the way that it worked made you feel just like really powerful. It made you feel like you really had control of the situation. It had a different feeling from Witch Time in that Witch Time does feel like you're getting a breather in Vanquish. It's like, it doesn't feel like time slowed down. It felt like your eyeballs are moving faster. It's yeah. <laughs> a good way of putting it. That game just had such an incredible sense of uh, momentum to it. Yeah. yeah. I think my 
my one criticism of the game is I think when you slide and punch someone, it overloads uh, your suit, so then you have to like go run and hide for a few seconds. They recognized how overpowered it was. Yeah. <laughs> the punching. But like, I should just be able to like, you know, like Street Fighter Two slide kick people away. Could could you chain stuff? Could you like chain your your rocket boosted attacks together? Was there anything resembling like a combo system in the game? I don't recall there really being like an actual combo system, but it's honestly it's hard to know because it definitely felt like your movements were fluid. Uh, yeah. Like you, you, it didn't. The if for people that haven't played it, like the the way that you jump and move between sliding, then into cover, then switching to different weapons, then like punching people, then sliding back out, like it all felt like a combo. Uh, all these things happen in rapid succession, and you feel like you have really, really solid control. Like it's not uh, like you do these actions independently and they feel separate. It all like they all it all kind of the the idea of momentum is important here. Like it all feels like everything is happening because of your forward momentum. So yeah. I, I don't know if there's actually combos, but it it really felt uh, like that. Yeah, well, I guess it's um it's when you're attacking in Vanquish, it's uh the way it feels it feels like melee combat is you're picking your angle of attack and leaping in, and either you hit them or you also have to you know defend yourself along the way out too. Like there's a sense of that uh, zanshin in it. Or like if you dive kick someone in a fighting game. I think that's what the extreme speed does. Like people uh, or the main character, your character, you can change your angle like pretty quickly. But then you need to change it quickly or you'll be overwhelmed if you're hiding and cornered. Which is also like losing in a fighting game because you're just crouching in the corner. Yeah, the, the basic flow of it really um, went, went against the norms uh, of, of the time. It's just very intense. So uh, another thing that I wanted to mention, we, we were talking a lot about the mechanics. Um, the On the, the art side of it, uh, it's not going to be nearly as deep as Bayonetta, but I wanted to kind of point out a couple of things that uh, I think, especially if you've never even seen the game, you may not be aware of, is... Uh, it's a really detailed game, and by, by which I mean, even though there's a bunch of, like, insane basically manic action happening they have a lot of really insane details like for instance when he picks up uh, up upgrades and switches between weapons there's actually like uh, a electric kind of like orb mechanic on his hand that like morphs the gun out of it that's something that they didn't have to do they could have just had it swap but his if, if you pay attention to like him smoking in game and him switching and upgrading between weapons uh, there's actually a lot of fluid detail in how the suit performs and like when you're doing the slide and everything like that like all the detail of the way that it's scratching and pulling up sparks on the surface the 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 fact that you have a jet on the back that creates like smoke behind it like it, it's actually got a, a surprising amount of detail that arcade games could have gotten away with not having yeah so definitely a labor of love yeah oh yeah uh, the the weird connection i wanted to make with cliffy b and so on i yeah. feel like stories like gears of war and and Vanquish are, like, if Bayonetta is about you, like, oh, like, the Animus and your Anima, like, these games are, like, you look into yourself and you find an even larger man inside of yourself giving you a <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I also wanted to, to mention, uh, so, like, the... Um, 
This is also one of those games that I feel like did quick time events really well. Uh, just like with Bayonetta, there's a lot, of, a lot of finishing moves, and they're just like... I can only describe most of them as ridiculous. Uh, like, the, it's one of those things where the, the game isn't... The tone isn't that over the top, but uh, it does recognize that bullet hell feel. Like, it's it has a number of things where sometimes you're just assaulted by things, or sometimes you just do things like you, you like... Uh, you jump on top of a thing, it fires like a massive shell that's like the size of you. You grab it, you use your suit to boost up and then flip it and then slam it back down into the mech. Uh, and it just yeah. like explodes ridiculously. And then you just basically like lands with it like like you know, shot in the background, and then he like pulls a cigarette out. Like it's it's very self-aware of when it's using those moments. And then uh like the scene that you just described, it's it's happening like it's not like you're just moving straight forward or in a narrow hallway. Like Vanquish, you have to be aware of what is off screen or like kind of like hundred and eighty degrees in front of you or three sixty around you. I think that's one oh, yeah. of the key things. Uh you uh can be very easily surrounded if you are not if you like sit behind cover. That's why you need to keep on moving. Yeah, it, uh, I think that's that's what it has in common with with God Hand. Um, I, I think uh, when that game came out, people complained, "Oh, it's cheap. This guy hit me from behind." And I was like, "Well, yeah, like don't run into the middle of the room and like get surrounded, right?" Yeah, like you, you need um, that situational awareness yeah. for for this, this game. Like arcade brawler DNA in a high speed shooter. Well, what what's uh, really cool about that element of it is. So it uses cover in a very, very different way. Like, it doesn't just not respect the cover, but uh, this is one of the, the games where uh, the, we talk about, like, I keep mentioning bullet hell, but there's there's a lot of times when the you're in a 3D space and the enemy is firing an impossible amount of things at you. Uh, and yeah. the, the cover then functions as your strategic way to get out of the way. It's not like other cover-based shooters where you just chill behind cover and you're yeah. pretty safe. You are actually, you are never really that safe, but... The, the game is really only giving you cover because it would otherwise be completely unreasonable for you to actually dodge all the mechanics that are coming at you. But it also means that you have to be completely spatially aware because you're not usually fighting one thing at a time. Uh, so it is entirely possible. I've had times where I pulled off a thing, punched someone, and then I got shot in the back. And I was like, yeah. well, that was my fault. <laughs> the cover is... It's kind of like uh, using the cover like a platformer uses platforms. Yeah, if yeah. Like, I like to bring up the Hammer Bros in Mario because I think that was my first experience with, as a kid, like, what the hell is this? How am I supposed <laughs> to beat this? <laughs> Insurmountable and, odds, seemingly. Yeah. And, like, the feeling of, like, slamming behind cover and then slamming behind cover further away and then going back again is like when you're fighting those two hammer bros and you figure out how exactly to move between the platforms you have. So I wanted to, to add just like some of the influences is uh, by, by which I mean the, I was mentioning the quick time events before, but it, just, just to, again, to mention, they're not really, they're more like interactive scenes than you feel like you're hitting a button. And I actually, yeah. this just occurred to me that uh, Mikami directing uh, Resident Evil 4, it's actually pretty, related to like the the knife duels uh that are in that game in terms of how they they function like it's a really high intensity scene that's not just requiring you to hit a button when you need to hit a button uh 
it is actually improving the interactivity of the scene. Uh, so it's, it, I hadn't personally until I was just now thinking about it made the connection between uh, Mikami directing both of those games. Sean, when would, what would you say is like a guideline of when should a quick time event be done in an action game instead I mean, of being a core gameplay mechanic? The, the way that I've always thought about it is that so people don't generally like a quick time event. So uh, I think Richmond is aware of this, but I am uh, really not a fan of uh, the game Heavy Rain. Uh, yeah. The reason I bring that game up <laughs> is because from a user experience perspective, there's not a lot of telegraphing when something is going to happen. And it doesn't play a function other than to like test your reflexes or something. And most people don't enjoy having something just like sprung on them. And that's how a lot of quick time yeah. events tend to be engineered. The way that Resident Evil 4 and Vanquish tend to handle it is it actually improves your ability to focus on the interaction, but it makes you feel involved. So like there's a couple of scenes in, in Vanquish where like you're having like uh, a super high speed punch duel with this like other guy that's in a suit as well. Yeah. And you're, it, it, it makes you feel... It, it, so it takes what, what could otherwise be a cutscene and it elevates it to it, it make sure that you can feel that cinematic uh, weight, but it makes sure that you can feel that you are also interacting with it. And I think people are not stupid. Like, they understand that hitting a button and then watching something happen. Richmond, I think it's a lot like when we talk about the difference between why we liked uh, Street Fighter games, 2D, 2D fighters, over uh, the earlier versions of Tekken because of the responsiveness, right? Like, it doesn't mm -hmm. feel good to hit a button and then wait for the character to spend, like, you know, an exorbitant amount of time through, a, you know, an unstoppable animation. It makes them feel like you're suggesting things to them and then they're doing it. Um, so closing the gap between your inputs and the response of the character is super important. And it's it's a it's always kind of like one of those things where how do you manage the, the time when you want to have a cinematic... Uh, powerful scene and you want someone to feel in control of the character and I think that's where that's the kind of element that they dance really well and where I think a lot of quick time events kind of fall over yeah I, I think the pacing of it is really important um, I think that's something uh, Mikami did really well like I remember the first time I played Resident Evil 4 and uh, you know like those dudes in the town are are, are attacking and then um, I like I stunned a guy and then I think that one of the big innovations of that game was just having a context-sensitive action button, right? So I stunned this dude, and then, like, uh, okay, I was like, okay, he's stunned. I can do a action. And then I, I kicked him, and then he went, like, he tripped a wire and exploded. And I was like, oh, that was that was awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? It was a, it just felt good. It felt like I made that happen. It didn't feel like, um, it still felt spontaneous. But it felt like I, I, I triggered it, you know. And yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a far cry from, say, Resident Evil uh, 5, where um, you have these fun co-op action scenes, and then all of a sudden there's a cutscene. And then, like like what you were saying before, Sean, it's like all of a sudden, like, oh, quick, press A to dodge this chain. Like, oh, no, you missed. Like, Chris is being dragged to death now. You know, like, it's um, it, it pulls you out of the action, right? Whereas this is, like... That feels more like a carnival funhouse or horror ride, whatever they're called, haunted house, yeah. Like, thinking about, like, just this pacing thing, and, like, uh, last last podcast we did, we, like, Yasumi Matsuno 
when he was talking to Kojima about about cinema, he also brought up like you know, uh, growing up with manga culture will also give you a perspective on games, and I kind of feel like a good quick time event is you can imagine that as manga panels and exactly like what how large of a panel that would be. And then when you get into books about like, well, the manga storytelling, like what makes it stand out? One of the things is there's panels that are, it's like a emotional time instead of like a real world constant time. And the hyper example would be uh, Captain Tsubasa, popular uh, football soccer manga, where like uh, he's like someone's about to like get like the goalie's about to get nailed by this like super death ball, and then he has the time to like look at all of his teammates and like thank them for like you know being good teammates before he's destroyed by this ball, which <laughs> it's all happening in like a fraction of a second, but. Manga timing lets you do that. Yeah, it's like really, that. really cool. I just have a like visceral the, kind of reaction to thinking about uh, a really great, well-done manga panel, so I think you're right on. Yeah. Like, that that punching in uh, Vanquish, you could see that as, like, you know, taking up the whole page, maybe two pages. Like, when you turn the page and you see them nail each other. Well, especially... Uh, it feels you can kind of feel some of the the anime style vibes for some of like the duels or especially so some of the quick time events in in vanquish are only triggered if you hit the weak spot appropriately for the enemy that you're killing and yeah, okay. it's almost it so yeah there's definitely an element of like the that uh, i forget i think i think there's actually a name for this concept but the the idea where an action happens uh and then there's a delay and then you see the reaction they they use that to great effect by slowing down and speeding up the timing in Vanquish quite a bit. Uh, yeah, it's uh, wait, is it like a freeze frame or? Well, the the most classic example is like where there's a duel and then they yeah. you know kind of both both fighters make a move and then there's a there's like a bit of uh, silence that you know they, they let you kind of sit with it and yeah. then there's a reaction. So that's the most classic example, but Vanquish does it very interestingly. By the way, I've I've seen that in in real life. It's real. Like I didn't see a person die, but I saw a banana tree get cut in half. And it really did hold itself together because it's full of like liquid and sap, and then fell over. Wow! In one cut. Yeah. Uh, my friend, like he he has a naginata that, like, just likes to cut things. That, like, yeah, that's, cut that's... the banana tree. Uh, he has a horse slaying blade. Wow. That is one heck of a cut. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, so talking about this effect, it actually reminds me a lot of... Have you guys recently watched uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service? You have that film? Oh, the, uh, the lady I saw with the, first the, one. the blade feet, right? Yeah, 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 she has the blade feet. So it's not just that... like They actually do have a couple of scenes where they do that kind of delayed cut thing, but the what we're talking about, this kind of manga-style approach, I think they're one of the closest ones that do it in live action. And what's so interesting about it is that it's done by focusing on long take action, which is not something you see a lot in film. Uh, usually they have very yeah. quick takes, but if you watch it, the camera follows the action that's happening. My understanding is that they have a lot of uh, shakes and movement that are added in post-production. And this is something that reminded me so much of like Street Fighter Richmond. So I found out one of the ways that they make it feel so impactful in that movie is they actually remove frames in between like uh, when someone's about to strike someone and when they're uh, when they're kind of moving toward it. So it literally feels 
like uh, a frame advantage when people get hit when they're fighting in that movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard of that um, technique before. Yeah, it's, yeah, like modulating it on a frame-by-frame -frame level like animation. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, the, the idea of kind of the, the quick time focus on action, I actually think that that movie has a very, very similar um, kind of feel in terms of if you're wondering what it what what kind of idea we are talking about here is uh, i don't know why the but the, the knife feet woman uh re really reminded me of uh what we were talking about where they do actually have a shot where the guy like has a, a glass of scotch and then all of a sudden there's just like he just stops and then there's like a slight cut and then he like just peels in half and, and you're like oh my god uh, yeah so <laughs> yeah and then and then like literally uh, I think I don't know if she catches the glass of scotch, but like the scene they spend all this time treating the glass of scotch really thoughtfully, like like even yeah. though he falls over dead, they're just really fight. And then the, then uh, Sam Jackson comes in and grabs it, and he's like, "Oh, I don't want to waste a nice scotch." But there's just the, all the timing is done really really well. That's a fun movie. <laughs> it's a really fun movie. Yeah. Um, okay, go, going back so. So quick time events, they're good for, for modulating time, right? Um, in, in, a, in, a, in a way that emphasizes the action when it's done well, right? It doesn't pull you out of the action. Um, and then I would say as far as uh, implementing them, I, I think the best quick time events, um, they're not the ones that like tell you like, you know, telegraph, like, okay, press A now. I, like, I, I think they're more like a reward for playing the game correctly. Like, they, they just happen very naturally. Like you were saying in Vanquish, when you happen to hit the enemy in the correct weak spot, right, then you get this more elaborate uh, reaction. Well, I think uh, I used the example of Resident Evil, like the way the knife fights are done, but I think it actually can function to ratchet up the tension in a scene. So like, uh, if you think back at Resident Evil, like I said, there's these knife fighting scenes where you're using quick time events to kind of, uh, m you know, move between the interactions and you can screw them up. So if you were to think about that exact same scene, it was just a, a cinematic you were watching, you wouldn't feel the tension as much and you wouldn't feel uh, the kind of risk reward that's happening. So I feel like uh, mm. it can it can kind of function that way as well. Like it, it is intended to elevate the moment. And it's actually something that I think uh, is one of the advantages that the video game medium has over things like book and film and stuff where you can take advantage of the interactivity in a way that isn't uh, shallow, which is where I think most quick time events fall over. The button feels good to hit. You know what's a, a current popular online game that is like multiplayer vanquish? Splatoon. What, really? Yes, this, oh my god, yeah. In addition to sliding, there's the stealth element of being the squid in the ink sliding. And it feels so good to just slide at someone, dodge their shots, because the bullets, okay, even though you're not as fast as Vanquish because it's they're, you're shooting paint at each other, the bullets move slower. So it's kind of proportionately like Vanquish timing to dodge yeah. bullets and then slam someone with like a giant paint roller hammer or just oh, to man. like nail them in the head like nintendo has made multiplayer vanquish oh my gosh i i, I was gonna say warframe but you you and my only insight there was like yep vanquish but multiplayer <laughs> but and, uh, yeah this is a i i don't i haven't heard this comparison before it kind of does the quick time event in real time too in that uh there's like a weapon where like, there's no talking in Splatoon, but you do have some, like, 
buttons for like encouraging your teammates where you cheer them on. But you can do like a spirit bomb, and if everyone on your team starts cheering, it gets huge. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Andy, you again blew my mind. I uh, I have, had not thought uh, to look beyond the, the paintness to think about the mechanics, but I think the reason my, my mind also went to Warfare Richmond is because, like, yeah, it looks much more similar from a visual perspective. But you're right. I think I think Splatoon is definitely much more in in the mechanical spiritual yeah. succession yeah oh and just real quick warframe is of course much more than just it, it's a fa- fabulous game it's um it's got a lot going on there i i don't want to reduce it to just like oh yeah it's multiplayer vanquish it's oh no i feel like we should we should do a podcast about warframe warframe is yeah there's a lot to say we should <laughs> it's, <laughs> <time> later. <laughs> it's also like a freemium game where like everyone is happy with it no one ever yes. complains like oh it's paid like no everyone's like yeah it's fair like, yeah. I should give them some money eventually because it's so good. <laughs> we, we shouldn't we shouldn't dive too much into it, but it is one of, in my opinion, one of the best indie success stories yeah. of a studio that started out small and wasn't perfect at first, but invested in the the value proposition, giving you tons of value for what the game actually offers, and I think that's why people aren't actually mad about the the monetization system. Anyway, it's a yeah. different yeah. subject for another time, but yeah. All right. Um, any 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 other uh, comments on on Vanquish? Uh, I only had uh, one more thing. Is it's uh, the the kind of the bundle that just came out is effectively a remaster. And in, in playing these games again, they really haven't aged that much. And something that I think that I noticed a lot of, especially with Vanquish, you can see it is you start kind of getting a feel for what platinum games feel like, and you can see a lot of uh, the similar things in their uh, their game Metal Gear. Uh, Revengeance, the one where uh, you're yeah. riding, and has a lot of very similar feel to it. And like ultimately, it was more just to, to sort of kind of remind people that we talked a lot about this last podcast that uh, prioritizing artistry tends to make games hold up much better over time. And this is another one where it doesn't feel that that aged. It, it feels like a platinum game, and uh, from a style perspective, but. A lot of the kind of shading and the approach, like it still feels pretty new. The the remaster really just made it uh, like higher res and gave it more memory. But it just it it still feels like a game that was developed this year, even though it's a ten year old game. I feel like yeah, the, these uh, platinum games, the way they do, like they they have some like pretty black shadows. And I feel like they do that on purpose on their characters and environment to make it feel like like an ink stroke to highlight the detail that they want you to see. Like, looking oh, yeah. at Vanquish, um, his armor has a lot of, like, parts, but it's not jagged. Like, it's uh, it's got that kind of, like, Gundam, like, blunted edges, and then it just catches the light and shadow in their game in a way that you... Uh, the form is always, like, you coherent um and you just want to go fast yeah i i will say um platinum are are masters of uh balancing the light and dark values in in their games uh, just making very clear legible games and um what one of the masterpieces of that was uh you know mad, mad world which oh man we should yeah. do a podcast on that too that game was oh, literally yeah. just like black and white with the occasional you know, uh, a splotch of um, red, red, 
And, and but it worked. It actually the 3D game, two tone, not even grayscale, and and it reads beautifully. And um, I, I think they they took those lessons and put it into their, you know, full color AAA looking games. Um, that's really important. That that that's something that I think they don't get enough credit for. Yeah, legibility, man. Like a good game needs to be readable. Um, it, it can't just be flashy. Yeah, and and, and like, they're they're just so good at that. Yeah, like I had a lot of fun with Gears of War, but I would constantly shoot my own side because everyone was like a like a gray potato monster. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're totally right. Uh, yeah. Gray potato monster. I mean, honestly, uh, Platinum is still doing this. Like, I don't know if uh, we can talk about it another time, but like Astral Chain is another game that has a ton of really legible stylish action uh feels super fast paced like uh like this is not a this is not a company of the past they are still doing games like this and it's it's crazy how modern their their games still feel even though even 10 years later i think um to to me what what that says is that um games really have reached this point of maturity where uh, when I say like games haven't changed that much in the last 10 years, that's not necessarily a, a negative. Um, I, I think it's it's we're approaching you know cinema, literature where you know no one reviewing a book is going to be like, oh you know like this pro style is so outdated like from five years ago like or uh, <laughs> not, not even that a better example would be like oh the book binding is not up to par right like. The printing technology isn't like yeah we we can just kind of games were well in my opinion they've always been great but um i think the technology got to the point where like uh even the graphics aren't that different <laughs> from 10 years ago and that's sort of the most superficial thing people can look at and um you know now it, it, we, we can we're at the point where someone can enjoy a game from 10 years ago they don't they don't have to say like oh it's it's really outdated or I think Border, Borderlands is actually a game that highlights this to me because, like, the, the first two Borderlands looked really, like, stylish and cool. And they recently came out with Borderlands 3, and I was looking at it, and I was like, you know, it looks, like, a little smoother, but, like, really, uh, this, this especially using, like, a, such a stylized approach, like, it still feels pretty much the same. Yeah. And that, that's not such a bad thing. Um, I think in, in, instead of just constantly demanding... Um, you know these iterative improvements in graphics or like uh, uh like what's the word like n novel gameplay features now now i think people can just think like is it a good game or not is, is it an yeah. enjoyable experience and hopefully they can talk more about uh, the nuances of the the actual mechanics you know i think uh does it feel good does it control good yeah yeah no i think uh, we were talking about this in uh one of our decades uh, podcast previously but uh, i think it actually has gotten to the point where because of that art direction has become a much bigger you know differentiator than technology heck yeah yeah look at the most lucrative game ip of all time and any ip pokemon super distinct art yeah absolutely yeah, I mean, I, I think that drives the, the the fandom as much as um, the gameplay. Yeah, good good art. Good art holds up more than technology. 
that is the theme of this podcast uh, forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, I, I hope uh, whoever's listening, um, if you haven't played Bayonetta or Vanquish, uh, maybe, uh, obviously, we, we, we highly recommend these games. Um, you know, check them out. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're modern classics, and they, they really yeah. hold up. You should also yes. play Splatoon. Yes, excellent game. All right, guys, let's, uh, should, we, should we wrap stuff up? Wrap things up? Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay, okay. Um, any, any last comments? Any, any random thoughts, stuff you wanted to say? I think having a reactive, like, defensive mechanic is, is fun in games. Uh, reactive defense mechanic. Yeah, like you see it coming and you do something. Or you before you see it coming, you plan on it coming and then you leap away or, or dash away. Okay, so like like the witch time in in Bayonetta. Well, in Bayonetta you have to time it, but in Vanquish you can you can kind of plan plan your optimal attack route. I'm going to shoot this, blow this up, and then dash away, and it's all set because your goal is like on the other side, and then it's yeah. an execution of your plan. Yeah, I, the the game does a wonderful job of that. It's um. It doesn't actually feel totally uh, reactive. You know, it's it's when when people think of arcadey games, they often think of oh, just reacting reflexes. But um, yeah, this game was absolutely like okay, I'm gonna go here, take cover for a second, but before that cover gets blown up, I'm gonna rocket here, punch that dude, you know, hit him into this crowd, and then I know that area is clear, so I, I can concentrate my attack. You know, at, at this mecha here who's firing missiles at me, and then I'm going to, like, pile drive a missile back into him. Yeah, it's it's platformer. No, I, I was going to add a final thought. Uh, finish what you guys were talking about first. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Andy, go ahead. Yeah, there's, um, like, there's a term, like, I've heard in uh, Olympic Western fencing, like, eyes open and eyes closed. It basically means are you reacting to something with your eyes open? Or are you planning your actions already so you could just do it with your eyes closed? So I feel which time is eyes open. You see the attack, you time your dodge at the last moment. The vanquish dodge can be used eyes closed. You just you just blaze through it and you see how your plan goes. Very cool. Well, just um, if 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 you have a Twitter account, uh, please hop on and. Um, you know, let us know how we're doing. Let us know your thoughts on what we've been discussing. Um, maybe let us know stuff you want us to talk about in the future. We'll, we'll you know, square that away in the memory banks. Uh, more likely than not, we're just going to keep talking about whatever the hell we want to talk about. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're open to uh, suggestions. Um, so yeah, thank thanks everyone for listening, and um, as always, thank thank you, Sean, thank you, Andy, for for uh, being such great dudes to hang out with. This this is really fun. I always look forward to this. <laughs> <laughs>